0: learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, it's that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare care related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Well since we have spoken last, uh, my fellow Americans, on this show on America Out Loud Pulse, Uh, We see that the World Health Organization has uh, declared Monkeypox a global pandemic. Uh, That has got a lot of people's attentions to be sure. Uh, For a whole host of reasons, Uh, you know, there's a track record here, obviously. And, uh, you know, what do they always say now? If you want to predict the future, well, you have to look at the past, right? History and that usually will tell you where we're at here. Welcome to America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here along with my brother Peter, who's on the other line.
1: Yeah, Dr. Peter McCulloch, great to be back. Was this a
0: surprise to you uh, that they, well, let me just preface first, because the committee, this very um, distinct and uh, elite committee he has, uh, could not come to a consensus to do this. But shockingly, he pulled the lever on it. Tedros, we're talking about, pulled the lever on it and declared it a global pandemic. Was you surprised by this?
1: No, I watched his press release. It was almost as if he was reading a cue card. I wasn't surprised on the development because there had been a lot of signaling this was going to happen. Uh, but I am surprised that, uh, that scientifically uh, they think that this is supportable. Let me give you an idea. With SARS-CoV-2, it was roughly 500,000 worldwide cases where and it was spreading rapidly respiratory uh, illness. There was the declaration, it's a worldwide emergency. Here we have uh, 16,000 cases of monkeypox, 80% are in the EU. And we know from a paper by Thornhill and colleagues, 16 countries reporting in New England Journal of Medicine, that 98% of the cases are among gay or bisexual men. 95% of transmission is by male-to-male uh, oral genital or um, anogenital uh, contact. We know that 41% have concurrent HIV. 29% have concurrent sexually transmitted diseases. Uh, some people in these series have up to 10 sexual contacts uh, a month. So uh, with 2,800 cases in the United States, I can tell you that the issue here is not a global worldwide emergency. It's actually one of uh, an outbreak among a very specific population where the response is safe sex practices and then treating those who develop the painful rash.
0: But yet, they haven't made any uh, that I know of, and maybe you're aware of some. I haven't seen any announcements or any declaration of the sexual transmission part of it, or or a warning or notice to tell these communities to uh, uh, well to stop it, to be careful. To your health and life is in danger. Have you seen or heard anything of that nature?
1: Yeah, Tedros in his. Um... Announcement did mention that you know the majority of spread. The human spread is by that nature. Thank goodness it's not spread in the air. Uh, it initially starts with actually animal to, to human being spread. Most of this in the Congo Basin, about thousand cases a year. But now we're at sixteen thousand cases worldwide. We understand the mode of spread uh, in the New England Journal of Medicine paper by Thornhill. There's really graphic pictures of the pox lesions in the mouth and the, around the anus of, of gay men. Uh, it's obvious how it's spreading now. Thankfully, the oral drug TPOX works fine. Can treat it can be treated at home. The reason why there's hospitalizations is mainly for, for control of pain, uh, particularly the anogenital lesions are painful. Mm. Now, there's no deaths in the United States. Uh, worldwide, uh, there may be, have been some deaths in the Congo with advanced mm. HIV cases, but it's not a fatal illness. Uh, in a knee-jerk reaction, the U.S. government has purchased an extraordinary number of vaccines, actually the Genios uh, Bavarian Nordic vaccine, which is a live attenuated vaccine. And any suggestion that the general public public needs to be vaccinated for this, I think is clearly out of bounds because uh, this is in a restricted community where it's the problem. People over 50, Malcolm, have already had the smallpox vaccine Mm -hmm. by and large, so they're protected. And uh, it's not spread readily whatsoever. If you Mm -hmm sat next to somebody on an airplane, you wouldn't get it. Uh, In fact, that's the case. There was a man in Dallas last year who uh, did fly in a couple planes, Atlanta and Dallas. He didn't spread it to anyone. So it's not spread by casual contact or through the air. And I think that Americans can rest assured that they're fine Uh, worldwide. This is not a global emergency and we clearly don't need to be purchasing millions and millions of doses of vaccines. Now this Bavarian Nordic vaccine has already been linked to heart damage or myocarditis.
0: Wow. But this one has as well, you say. Wow, I did not know that. Thus far, the reports I have, Dr. McCullough, there's been about five deaths worldwide, and they are in the Congo area, as you say. Uh, About 16,000 cases, as you mentioned, worldwide, about 75 countries. Uh, but clearly we have other challenges and problems here that are killing far more people that are not put on the classification of a global pandemic. In fact, I'll tell you what, uh, I made some notes uh, just here uh, yesterday that uh, fentanyl, you want to talk about a pandemic, And not that I'm going down that side road here, but fentanyl uh, pills are, are, are killing over 100,000. You want to talk about a crisis, over 100,000 Americans every year, uh, more than most, a lot of things are killing uh, here. So clearly there are other things that uh, are at risk. Uh, so what is so what is your sense then? If people are wondering, a lot of people are skittish about, you know, a little apprehensive about the World Health Organization. Let's face it, they lost a lot of trust uh, with their bonds and relationship with uh, Xi Jinping in China, uh, and the fact that they let this spread around the globe. Remember, we wouldn't even have this crisis, uh, Dr. McCullough, had they uh, taken proper precautions and warned the world. And they knew damn well what was going on, and they let this thing spread around. So they've lost all kinds of credibility. Clearly. I mean, should we be apprehensive? And is there anything more to this? Is it is? I mean, I don't know. I, it's starting to get to the point where we're getting hyped up about everything lately. Uh, is Teteros up to no good by declaring this uh, global health emergency extravaganza? Or is there something else going on here, or is this just part of his power trip?
1: He's playing a role in a new, a uh, very high level uh, operation where. Uh, remember the World Economic Forum, the Gates Foundation, and CEPI are all linked. Welcome, Trust, multiple governments are linked. The government of Norway and India are linked to SEPI. World Health Organization. They all, in a sense, are nodes as in, in a network. And the, the game that's being played is declare a worldwide emergency. And then when that happens, money starts flowing between treasuries, To companies that make vaccines or make other products or to CEPI, uh, and and royalties are paid and money starts to flow in these pre-purchase agreements without any government oversight. Uh, There's no office of uh, budgeting or reconciliation. There's no vote by Congress or the Senate. Uh, And basically, the World Health Organization, World Economic Forum, GAVI, CEPI, Gates Foundation, this biopharmaceutical complex, has found a way to basically drain the treasuries mm. in the world mm. in the context of a emergency. Uh, the, the, the interesting thing is how far mm. they're trying to go with monkeypox. The average person walking down the street, uh, in my view, is not thinking that monkeypox is going to be the next emergency that's going to come into their lives and and start to influence their work and school and their family life and their healthcare Uh, monkeypox appears to be an Mm ill-conceived idea to declare a worldwide emergency. And it's almost as if uh, this biopharmaceutical consortium is, is is out of cards to play that SARS-CoV-2 pandemics Mm. become far more mild. People are getting through it. Uh, you, You know, the cost specific hospitalizations are down deaths are, are negligible. Uh, the vaccines have <clears throat> basically come crashing down. You know, this admission that Deborah Burks had, you know, former CDC, White House Task Force, NIH, FDA in that group, Deborah Burks originally with the Trump administration mm-hmm. and uh, the, the NIAID director, she came out this week and said, oh, I knew the vaccines weren't going to work. Uh, we knew we were overplaying them. I mean, what a stunning admission. People are asking, you know, what is she trying to accomplish right now? Outside of getting a lot of headlines, which she is, is she trying to get her get out of jail free card? Or is she in some way prepping the population for a new vaccine for the fall?
0: Well, she may must know something. I mean, she's obviously trying to make a statement to a CYA, I would imagine. Uh, she must have some indication or sense or feeling that this world is coming crashing down, as you've just indicated, a lot of the signs uh, are very troubling with what's transpired here. You know, it's hard to bury lies like this and deceit uh, for uh, forever and surely for a long time. I mean, the truth has to prevail here somewhere. And that's the thing we're striving for here on the network on, is to get that truth out there. Uh, there's so much wrong with all the things that have transpired here. There are so many levels of deceit it's, it's very difficult to, to wrap your mind around it. Uh, this, uh, you know, th- what you just mentioned, but when you and you've used the words recently with me, uh, 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 well, probably last week, I think we talked to then I hear you say today a few times, uh, drain the treasury. And it really gets me going. And, you know, I don't even express my outrage as much as I would like to, uh, as listeners would know me on my other programs but uh, the draining of the treasury and what has transpired here, and these and the spending that goes on from the elite, uh, and to use it as you say for a whole parade of vaccines and things on something that is going to be a non-event, which you can't even really get unless you're in that position, as we've just described to you what that position is, uh, then you you know is beyond reckless. Uh, it's sinful what's going on here with our government here. And the way they spend money is just outrageous. It's sinful uh, what's taking place here, Peter. It's, it's hard to imagine that this kind of thing is allowed and goes on. It, it, or is it that or is it that they are? And I, I'm, I'm just asking, or is it that they're really taking just precaution, uh, precautionary steps because they are trying to be good stewards I know I'm stretching it here, but based on the fact of what we went through with COVID, you know, some people might say, well, they're just trying to be precautionary. Hey, it's only money. They'll print more up. What difference does it make? It's not that, is it?
1: That John Leake, my co-author of, in the book, Courage to Face COVID-19, believes this is organized, syndicated crime, Mm -hmm. that it is planned, that uh, large amounts of money are moving from treasuries into other hands, into CEPI. Uh, World Economic Forum, WHO, uh, GAVI, vaccine manufacturers, the in vitro diagnostic manufacturers, health systems. Money is just changing hands now at an extraordinary rate with no accounting oversight, no no budgeting. We haven't seen a budget of where these COVID relief monies have gone. Yeah. And right now, the, the benefactors include basically globalist global elites. And I've asked the question, where are the billionaires who don't like what's going on? How come a billionaire mm-hmm. won't come out and step out? And the answer is they're all benefiting from this. You know, part of this whole billionaire elitist group is the Communist Party of China. You know, China is an anchor in the biopharmaceutical syndicate. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, the big farmer folks have made a ton of money, and I've been talking about that in recent days here. There's no doubt about that. All right, so we know everyone's got a sense now with the context of monkeypox and what the rules of engagement are here and where we're at. And I don't think that, and I would agree with John Lee, the the crime factor of this thing, but I, I don't think people are going to be duped uh, on whatever is going on here. And, you know, I always try to bring to the airwaves, Peter, a, a uh, an opposing uh, view or really get uh, the different opinions to the table to have that conversation or at least be open-minded to whatever's going on. But clearly... Things are off the rail here in ways that uh, is beyond comprehension for most all of us. Um, that's when I think people start to do the math here in a case like this monkeypox that's going on. And, and And beyond monkeypox, as we'll see with a lot of questions today that we have, people are still real in with, you know, i, I got to tell you, the uh, mind-blowing how many people are still being forced to vaccine. They're still being forced to turn their lives upside down. That's that narrative has not changed at all. That is a narrative that is still pumping out there. I see the outrage from people that reach to this network with these kinds of questions. And, 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 you know, what's taking what's transpired here. So we'll get to all those questions in a moment. I want to take a couple of moments. And I have to tell you. So after we recorded last week and we did the broadcast uh, on America Out Loud Pulse, And then you did the McCullough report a day or two later, you had steadily gotten worse in your throat and you sounded terrible last week. And when I heard the McCullough report myself last week, it was like, oh, my golly, i got to take care of my brother here. I said, what's going on? (laughs) Well, I have to share with you uh, that we got inundated with communications from listeners who were most concerned and some of them very, very striking. Some of their messages here. Uh, and really concerned with your health, I wanted you to take a couple of moments. I, I, I can't address them all. There are far too many to uh, strike back up, tell folks to listen to the program, and we'll tell them uh, what was going on and what's transpired. You sound better today. You're still getting over whatever you had. What, what is it exactly? What's going on? How do you feel?
1: So full disclosure, I'm age 60. I had COVID-19 in October of 2020, and then again in December of 2021, clinically not proven by testing at that episode. Uh, In the last month, I've had two viral respiratory tract infections back to back. Uh, I didn't get tested for them. I used all the the methods that we have in the McCullough protocol, heavy use of the nasal washes, both Povidone iodine, as well as the clear products I was using them. Uh, I never spread it to a single person. But I went through two sequences where uh, it really um, was in my uh, trachea and almost certainly my upper respiratory tract, my larynx. Uh, I lost my voice in front of a major meeting and people said, well, why do you keep going like this? And I said, well, these meetings are planned months in advance. They sell tickets. There's huge crowds, you know, I'm the keynote speaker. uh, So I really felt I needed to fulfill my commitments. And so I am recovering now. I feel much better. My voice is uh, on the way back. I have testimony in federal court tomorrow. So I'm doing this right now on the, on the run and uh it's like anything else uh you know it's just a summer cold
0: yeah i hear you all right um well uh you know when i was listening to last week as listeners uh, were as well uh it seemed to me i was just praying number one for you but also really hoping for some rest for you. Sometimes we just need to step back. Uh, but listen, having said that, you're exactly right with what you say. These things are planned in advance. I totally get it. And I know you are a stickler as I am for being principled and uh, fulfilling our promises and our commitments. I totally, totally get that. And you are absolutely that kind of a man. There's no question about it. So I know why you would continue. But I was prepared to put... Uh, well, let me just, uh, just hear me on this i'm I'm going to read just one because it, it just listen to this is the kind of response we got here and this is from susan i just i don't know who susan but she's a listener and let me just read this to you it, it, because it's it's profound in the thought and how it struck me she said dear malcolm as director of america out loud i think it is necessary for you to place Dr. McCullough on leave for (laughs) R&R. He's holding it against me. It's like, it's all my fault. That's funny. She then says, he sounds on the verge of pneumonia if he doesn't already have it. He is burning the candle at both ends and it is time for a rest. He has helped us greatly through COVID times and we need his help in the future. However, if he does not take care of himself, we don't have his help and he will not be enjoying his work. He continues to help us enormously and we are greatly appreciative of everything. Now it is our turn to help him. It is time to force him to rest. Thank you, Malcolm. I know you will take care of this. Thank you so much for all you do. And so this was an interesting message from Susan, right? And so I get this. So I, I, I will share with listeners before I... Dr. McCullough talk. So I talked to him early. He said, Well, going to the show today. He said, Okay, let's do the show. I, I, I said, and I was kind of forcing him, I was prepared not to do the show this week, frankly, uh because I was more concerned for his health. And so he I so I said to him, I said, I'm gonna kick you on the back. <laughs> to me. I told him before he came on, I'm gonna be your doctor and tell you to take the rest, didn't I? Anyways, wasn't that a nice message from Susan?
1: It's thank you, Susan, Mom. It's uh, no, it's terrific that to have so much support out there, and um, <clears throat> uh, you know, sometimes the uh, it's interesting how viral respiratory illnesses sometimes they do affect the the larynx or the vocal cords. Uh, like many out there, I have a version of what's called post-infectious asthma. I really don't wheeze or cough until I'm in that post phase where the infection is gone. Yeah. Then I do have wheezes and need for inhalers. But the point I want to make is you know, I navigated through this um, where I had public meetings. I was in and out of hotel rooms. I took care of myself. I did social distance when I felt sick. Um, I did appropriately wear a mask when uh, you know, I felt needed and uh, used the nasal washes. And I can tell you, 201, I didn't spread it to a single person. Mm -hmm. And if people actually navigated themselves through viral upper respiratory tract infections like this, we could markedly reduce the spread. It's it's possible to do that. Obviously, it would have been best to stay at home through everything. But uh, at any rate, I'm on the back uh, side of this. I know people have expressed uh, concern. If you go on my Twitter feed right now, you'll see uh, a backyard presentation I made actually in Silicon Valley over the weekend. I'm still pretty raw and pretty rough. And I'm mm-hmm. standing by a tree pretty far away from everybody just to, and it's outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the bottom line is the time when people are infectious is when they have headache, fever, yeah. and, and that sense of viral malaise. That's when you're infected, infectious. On the back end of things, when you're just coughing and have a have a squeaky voice like I have right now, mm-hmm. not infectious.
0: Right. Well, the bottom line is that uh, you are loved, uh, Brother Peter, and uh, you know that already you are loved and uh, people really you connect with people. And it's it's mostly because it's really your heart and your soul. There's, they're just they're uplifting. They're uplifting. And that's those are beautiful things you can't replace in life. I mean, it just makes you special, and it makes you rise. I'm not telling you don't need to reply to this, but I'm telling you that's what people see in you, and you're a you're a light. You're you 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 shine, and that's the attraction. And people want that. They want to keep that there. There's so much negativity in the world, and see, that's the one thing you really don't thrive on. And I so love that about you, and appreciate that uh, is to draw the positive out. And that's what we do here at america Allowed, so that's why we're such a match for everything we do. I believe it's it's a beautiful thing. But you are loved. People love you, uh, the millions and uh, uh, millions of people, and uh, appreciate all your uh, commitments and your efforts to really help thy fellow neighbor out. And that's what this is all about. That's the beautiful thing about life. It's it embraces humanity and embraces all of us. So God love you, Peter. So let me move on now uh, to the questions now that I've totally embarrassed them. And uh, we got all that out in the open here. Well, you're hearing this roar and, and and the way it is, my friends. So um, so let me uh, throw this question at you from Anne. She says, I have a question about my insurance, but let me go on and tell you, there's a couple of interesting points to her um, message here. My husband's company is having a mid-year insurance renewal, something they've never done before that I recall. Looking at the numbers, it appears we have to resubscribe simply so that they can charge us more. I'm guessing this because of all the vax injuries costs are going up. And just like the life insurance industry, the health insurance industry is a bit askew right now. We have always done our best to rely on keeping ourselves healthy, taking supplements, using uh, herbal remedies uh, and doing annual checkups. And uh, especially since having a beer bones limited indemnity policy until now, the only thing offered at a job uh, has motivated us. Having major medical offer now is not that exciting of an offer, which would take a full one-third of his paycheck and leave us with 12,000 family deductible. Yeah, that's the problem with health insurance. I get it, and I get it, really. Uh, we make too much money to qualify for Medicaid for our kids now. Yeah, I mean, like, I yeah, for sure. <laughs> we have considered cost-sharing insurance like Good Samaritan, but there again, we honestly don't want to pay health costs for others who refuse to listen to people uh like you who are dealing now with vaccine adverse effects i'm guessing others are wondering if these rising costs of health care will be something we will all be bearing now this is an interesting point she brings up about health care costs and the industry as a whole and i've given thought to this actually and so Anne kind of hit a nerve with that for me. Uh, she said, we are leaning towards only keeping our basic limited indemnity plan and just trying to avoid support of the medical industry as much as possible. Now, this is a problem, Dr. McCullough, that so many people are faced with. First of all, the rising cost of insurance. But her point, she's guessing that the rising cost of health care will be something we all will be barren. And she's speaking about because of all the money now that it's laid out, somebody's got to pay the fiddle around all this. Uh, you, what's your sense of that? You know anything about this?
1: I agree with that. I think healthcare costs in terms of insurance premiums are going to go up. I bet life insurance premiums will go up for everyone, even though we're highly suspicious that these deaths that are occurring are among those who are younger or working and took the vaccine. Uh, it's, it's not going to come to light. And the easiest and simplest thing would be to raise life insurance rates on everyone. When it comes to healthcare, uh, what many are saying is that the conventional insurance uh, setup from an employer now is just not financially feasible. The coverage isn't that good. The deductibles are so high. Some are just saying, listen, I just need catastrophic insurance in case there's a catastrophe yeah. in the hospital. And otherwise it's a cash-based system. And there's more and more doctors going cash-based. There's something called DPC or direct primary care where people just you, you know find a doctor and enroll with them. And it's a cash-based system. Some have enough coverage for laboratories, x-rays, and other diagnostics that that goes on to insurance. I think doctors are going to enjoy this as well because doctors want to be paid for their time. And under the current model, doctors have to see as many patients as they can because the payment per patient is so low. Uh, And that's always a battle with insurance companies to get payment if patients actually pay at the time the service is delivered. uh, You know, the whole tension is taken out of the system. Uh, I want to make the point that When one gets a bill from a hospital, many times it's an explanation of benefits, EOB. That's actually not a bill. That's some type of uh, explanation from an insurance company, largely stating they're not gonna pay for a service. But when a hospital bills for, let's say a CAT scan, the usual and customary is to bill 10 times what they expect to get paid. It's called a screen fee. So if you get a bill for a CAT scan of $3,000, that really means They're expecting 300 And so if you're in a cash-based system or you're going against a deductible, the first thing you do is you negotiate and say, listen, I'm gonna have to pay this cash. What's the cash price? And just just remember, Malcolm, it's 10% of what they're charging.
0: A 10%, wow. I didn't know 10%. I thought it would be more like uh, 40, 50%, but really 10%,
1: huh? 10% 10 is a good starting point. In in general, 10% is what they expect to get paid. So the screen screen fees, they typically take that amount and then they charge ten x.
0: Wow. You know, it, it, what you just thought <laughs> is remarkable. The overpricing of, of the industry is incredible. And now that I know that piece of information from your brother, I may even start at 8% just just because. <laughs> anyway, it's interesting. Boy, that's some interesting fuel there. Uh Well, let me ask you, uh, Joseph says here, I, I don't know if there's more to this question or not. Simple question, but I, not uh, if Joseph's been listening, I would think, this should be known, but I don't, I don't know. It, he says, is it safe to take the povidine iodine through the nasal passage? It, we've been talking about that. Is there something more to that that I'm not aware of? Is It's
1: absolutely safe, right? It's certainly safe, Malcolm, but the idea is it must be dilute. We do not want to see people using full That's strength true. True. through the nasal passages. Probably what he's thinking is, can I take it right out of the bottle and do this? No, it needs to be the color of kind of dark tea. And if it stings up there, you know, pour half of it out, put some more water in, pinch of salt and dilute it down or use one of the brands like Kofix Rx. Now, Kofix Rx uh, is able to get 1.5 percent public iodine, but it does not sting. And let me tell you, I'm traveling right now. I've got Kofix Rx in my bag and I can tell you I've used plenty of it now. It does not sting.
0: Yeah. And, um, uh, right. So Cofix I are mean, excellent. We believe in that and, uh, it, it's, it's powerful. I mean, so back to Joseph now, thank you for you answered that question perfectly, uh, because it's, you're right. If he's thinking you use full, uh, dosage, not, not at all full power, uh, but you've got to dilute now it, it, to be clear with everybody, nasal hygiene is I've learned so much and it's so powerful, um, on the americaroutloud.com platform on the left sidebar, right on the front page part way down you'll see covid resources and in there is the original povidine iodine a post that dr mccullough put up oh, about a year and a half ago i think it was this is the most shared post on the platform uh for sure I even surpassed others that we have that were in the race for that so it, this is a big one and people but there you can back to joseph's question you can make the dilution yourself Uh, The benefit of CoFixRx is it does it for you, But bottom line. And it's in an easy, transportable bottle, so you take it with you. We believe in it. We use it. My family, uh, my wife's mom, was saved by it, uh, didn't get COVID because of it. Our listeners get 20% off CoFixRx. You go to cofixrx.com forward slash out loud, and you get the 20% off. And five bottles or more, you get free shipping. And it's all explained on that website, whatever it is. And by the way, the banner ads back at America, where it says strategic partnerships, We don't play games with all that. It's all right there. It's very simple. If these products can help you, then engage with them. That's the way I look at it. Nobody's going to force you to do anything. And I don't want flashing videos and hitting X's and all that nonsense that these people do out there in the news world. These are viable products. There's another one on there called Clear. Now, this is spelled X-L-E-A-R. And this is with Xylitol. This is a very interesting product as well, Dr. McCullough. Is it not?
1: It's true, xylitol is a very interesting compound. It's a it's a modified sugar molecule, but it's uh, bacteriostatic, so bacteria don't like it. It uh, is, uh, markedly cuts down viral loads and it's also anti-inflammatory, so it cuts down some of the congestion and that product can be used daily for people with yeah. uh, sinus allergies. Uh, when you use it though, you have to be prepared. Uh, It has a sweet taste to it. So you you squirt it up your nose. If you sniff it back, you're going to taste some sweetness in there. That's normal.
0: Yeah. All right. I didn't know that. Um, Possibly if you mix it with a little vodka, that'll take the sweetness. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. (laughs) That's corn in your nose. I'll get hit for that later. I have to share with you, and I can't believe I said what I just said, but that's the out loud part of me. I can't help it. Uh, Let me share with you that uh, the principle of of a clear, X-L-E-A-R, Nathan Jones, very fascinating fellow. Uh, he's been in a real struggle with the federal government and these lawsuits about nasal hygiene. Now, I've made this statement many times over the past year. You've probably heard me out there. Had, and I, I think you might agree with this, Dr. McCullough, but and, and, and I'm not trying to be smug here or anything to the point here, friends, but had nasal hygiene, I really believe this in my heart, been put out to our, to our fellow Americans back a year and a half ago, uh, two years ago, when this thing was struck hot in the fire here of COVID. COVID. I, I believe in my heart of hearts, we would have saved countless people because this stuff is so powerful you with know, the nasal hygiene. Am I wrong for making that statement or do you agree with that, Dr. McCullough?
1: I agree. You know, there was a focus on masks and hand sanitizer. That's not where it is. The virus is in the nose. Yeah. People were getting, they obviously know that testing is done up in the nose. So to knock down the viral load in the nose, not only does that reduce the incidence infection, but the severity and the intensity and duration of infection, but it reduces the spreadability of the infection. I just went through two URIs. I didn't spread it to anybody. I'm so happy about that. You know, I know many of you are out there listening, and if it's a husband and wife or a family, you you know, there's probably at least an 85% chance if one of the two spouses gets a cold, the other spouse is going to get a cold. This happens over and over again because of the close contact. I can tell you by playing it smart, now we did sleep in separate bedrooms, Using the oral nasal hygiene, I took no oral medicines for this, uh, no prescription medicines. I got through it. My wife didn't get sick.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're speaking from experience in real life here, uh, what we're talking about. Um, one footnote and caveat here. Uh, many of you know my daily program, The Voice of a Nation. Uh, uh, we will, uh, Dr. McCullough and I will be on with the principle of a Clear, first time ever, first time ever, Nathan Jones here. Uh, this coming week, uh, we, we are going to be sitting down with him for the hour. It's going to be quite fascinating. He's going to tell us about the struggle he's had. This is going to be a really great talk, Peter, because he's going to, to share with us the struggle he's had uh, with the lawsuits back and forth, the federal government, uh, the holding back of early treatment with nasal hygiene, a lot of the things. So it's going to be very, very educational. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also looking forward to learning more about xylitol because I, I don't profess to know a lot about that. And I really want to know more about it because I've heard really good things about it. So we're going to have our chance just ahead. Uh, stay close with that one. I think it's going to be really fascinating. That'll be on The Voice of the Nation. I'll give me a chance to plug that here with you. How's that? Uh, That plays daily at 6 and 11 on America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. Well, listen, as we go to pause here for just a brief moment here, I want to share with you right now. You got to move quick now. Got to move quick if you want this. Uh, Healthy Cell Immune Super boost. Uh, July, month of July. And again, if you're here on the Sun podcast after the fact, you, you it may be too late, I don't know. But if you're here on talk radio in the last few days of the month, uh, you can get 50% off, never been done before. Uh, America 50 is that code, America 50. You've got to use it now. And so that's the best I can tell you. And people are buying it, obviously, clearly. This has got vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, elderberry extract, uh, this is a powerful immune system, and you really want to be taking this daily. I think even last time, Dr. McCullough even said some people in the elderly and with problems probably benefit taking it a couple times a day, but it's a micro-gel. It's a nutraceutical, gets into your body, helps you out. Um, this is powerful stuff, and uh, 50% off America 50 is how you get uh, immune super boost from healthy cell, and I know, Dr. McCullough, you're a big support of all the healthy cell products, and you take this yourself.
1: It's true. It's a terrific line. Uh, The REM sleep supplements, my favorite to get high quality sleep. Uh, It doesn't put you to sleep. It's not a sleeping aid, but it improves sleep. You take it right before bed. It's immediately acting. And as the quality of sleep improves, then the energy the next day is better. The stress hormones are, are better. And then the next night, Of sleep is better. And the way I tell my patients, Malcolm, is to take it every night without missing a dose. So that way the body is not up and down. The body gets used to what's called good sleep hygiene. And boy, what a difference maker.
0: Yeah, as I've learned over the years, those last couple of hours in the morning before you wake up are so vital with sleep. You know how a lot of us jump out of bed and we run. Uh, that's what this kind of lets you do is have a peaceful rest and sleep. It's not a sleeping pill, as Dr. McCullough was saying. This is all very natural. And read up more about this. You can go to healthycell.com forward slash loud. Very powerful uh, company. A lot of there's a blog on there, a lot of information. So take a look, see what you think there. Uh, you know, I think you'll be pleased. And by the way, Beyond Immune Super Boost, if you want the REM sleep or the uh, focus and recall is another one for brain fog and just having more powerful brain activity, uh, this is a fabulous one. A lot of people have long COVID and brain fog. That's a problem. Uh, that For all of those other products, I, I don't want to be, uh, be amiss here and tell you 20% off our listeners always get. Uh, you've got to use the code out loud for that, out loud, or click the banner ad back at americaoutloud.com. Perhaps we'll take a real fast pause, and we'll join you back on the other side here on America Out Loud.
1: House. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. Let me tell you, this is an innovation. The Genesis Fogger uses HOCL. This is a form of hypochlorite. This is a powerful disinfectant uh, that is tried and true. It's for sure kills SARS-CoV-2, the COVID-19 virus, but many other pathogens, including bacterial as well as uh, mycofungal pathogens. And so this is terribly important in households, particularly where there's a lot of traffic. There's opportunities for dust mites, opportunities for spores uh, and other Uh, microbes to invade your life. If you've ever had uh, someone sick in your home, a senior, for instance, they're at risk for uh, Clostridium difficile, um, enterocolitis, as well as uh, staphylococcal infections. Clearly COVID-19 is a chronic threat uh, in and out of our households with vulnerable individuals. Enter the Genesis Fogger. It is a powerful mister, it's a dry mist, and it does cleanse the air. It does uh, have a tremendous uh, disinfectant capability for the room. It's used for industrial purposes uh, and elsewhere, but now it's brought to you in your home to better defend you against SARS-CoV-2, the virus, COVID-19, as well as a host of other pathogens. You can uh, uh, bring it around to different rooms and treat different rooms with the Genesis Fogger systematically, just like you would clean your rooms in terms of household cleaning but in this case you're disinfecting the rooms with the genesis fogger so if you go to uh the uh, promotional code and enter in out loud you can receive a discount off of your first purchase so go to the genesis fogger website and take a look at it let's get real let's get loud on america out loud talk radio here on america out loud we emphasize optimal health and air
0: is the most essential element for life the average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for
1: what's next.
0: All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpit iodine-based nasal spray, Kofix Rx. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Kofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the CoFix Rx banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here along with Dr. McCullough here, and this is... Number 32, um, uh, we're keeping count here so we can help keep you straight. I I barely can keep it straight, so I'll figure between the two of his friends, we'll uh, be able to figure it out together. But this is number 32 on the Q&As here with Dr. McCullough. It is always our privilege to be with you here. I'll tell you that because it's the truth. I always look at that. You know, for me, when a microphone goes hot, and I have that privilege. There's something special about it. I can't explain it to you otherwise, friends, but I've always believed that. Uh, it's a it's a gift from God to be able to talk to people around the world and to be able to do this. I mean, uh, it hardly gets any better than that, especially when you're doing something you love. And I love to help people, and I love to be in this opportunity to do that. So for me, um having a blessed time, believe me. Uh, we're going to get to a lot of questions here now. Let me get to the high-speed lane, and we'll get Dr. McCullough to answer as many as we can. Becky says, if someone has a family member or friend pass away from an aggressive cancer and you are suspicious, it could be from the COVID shot. How would you go about having an autopsy done or tissue samples studied by a reputable, honest pathologist like Dr. Ryan Cole? If you have contact information for this, please email it to me. Your thoughts about that, Dr. McCullough?
1: Certainly, Dr. Ryan Cole or even Dr. Bruce Patterson at DX can provide support to the uh, coroner or to the Department of Pathology to do staining for the spike protein. If the spike protein is found within the tissues where the cancer is, it begins to make that link pretty tight. The other thing to ask is, is the cancer P53 or BRCA related? Many times that's known in the tissue histology from the diagnosis of the cancer, both P53 governed cancers and BRCA governed cancers uh, almost certainly are accelerated by COVID-19 vaccination.
0: Okay. Tony says, I'm an uh, academic cardiologist. Uh, Tony is. Okay. What is the evidence that COVID vaccines reduced hospitalization and death without control groups? How do you separate apparent effects from the natural history of the disease? Hmm.
1: Great question. There's never been a prospective randomized double-blind trial where death and hospitalization were the primary endpoint, despite having plenty of funding and plenty of patients to do a clinical trial. The vaccine manufacturers never did the pivotal randomized trial. So any claim that the vaccines reduced hospitalization and death can only be hypothesis generated. It can only be conjectural. All the non-randomized data, in my view, are not valid. And they're not valid because uh, many times we don't have the exposure of who got the vaccine or who didn't. We know that... uh, that the vaccinated are more likely to get early treatment. Early treatment's never accounted for in these non-randomized studies. Uh, We know that uh, there's no accounting for baseline infection. Uh, And we also know there's no adjudication. There's never any assessment of why the patient's in the hospital. And lastly, there's asymmetric testing. We know that the unvaccinated get far more testing for routine procedures in the hospital than the vaccinated. All those factors worked to create a fabricated story that the unvaccinated are being hospitalized when in fact they're not. Mm. And even Deborah Burks, on her uh, bombshell disclosure on public TV, she said, Listen, more than half of those who are hospitalized and die with overcon were fully vaccinated. In fact, the fraction is far larger than that in Canada, the EU, South Africa, the UK, and Australia. Mm.
0: What do I say, friends? The truth will prevail, don't I? The truth will prevail. Interesting. Albert says, 60 years old I am, and I have COPD. I've never smoked. I don't drink, never did any drugs. No bio jab. I got COVID in early 21, and it was a very tough fight. No hospital, no doctor, as they were virtually killing off anyone like me. I battled it for three winter months, and it was brutal. I used lemon, garlic, hot pepper, vitamin C and D and zinc and lots of fluids. And I was drowning in my lungs. Wow. Anyway, I survived it, Albert says. I learned of your protocols afterwards and the key pieces I was missing and spread the word. I still have intense ringing in my ears and I have tried specific eardrops, lemon juice, peroxide, olive oil, and they all help a bit, but not too much. Can you advise me what to do? Isn't that a powerful
1: email? It is. Now, the lesson learned here is a long, untreated illness leads to post-COVID syndrome, including tinnitus or ringing in the ears. Uh, there is no known solution for this. Many things have been tried, uh, including uh, fluvoxamine, corticosteroids. Uh, we simply don't have an approach to deal with this ringing in the ears, which can be incessant. It can keep people up 24 hours a day. So a lesson learned here, get early treatment. He now knows that that three-month illness could have been shortened to a few days, but it takes multiple drugs in sequence combination.
0: All right, let's see this one from Carlos. Um, he says here, greetings and thanks a stack for your work and for America Out Loud. Um, you should be our minister of health in portugal so he's right i'm from portugal he got me a little weird with the minister business but i get it uh and i believe uh, here the majority of black sheep second most vaccinated country in the world no questions asked my question do vials batches have the same degree of lethality uh, are they lethal and he, he asked because data shows huge differences in different countries and maybe some are somehow targeted Thank you again, and my very best wishes for your fight against the mafia that want to crush you. I love this message. That's from Carlos. What do you say?
1: Well, Carlos is clearly awake in a country that's bought the vaccine agenda, hook, line, and sinker. Portugal is one of the most highly vaccinated countries. Now, it's also having uh, per capita the highest number of hospitalizations and deaths. Just Mm. another example where the vaccines are backfiring. Uh, But the uh, side effects are related to lots of vaccines. The best work on this has been done by Ladi Pova. And you can find that work on the trial site news website. Very good analyses. Uh, The leading thinking on this is that the majority of people probably are getting relatively degraded or inert messenger RNA. That is inherently stable. The lipid nanoparticles are unstable. There has to be cooling, all kinds of transport criteria. Uh, They switch to multi-use files. You never hear about super-cooled trucks anymore. Uh, I think the vast majority of these, after the bottle is open, uh, go relatively inert pretty quickly. Uh, But it's those who get a good lot and things are done just the right way and they get an installation of the messenger RNA or the adenoviral DNA for the spike protein, it's those who are developing complications. So it's just the opposite of what people think. People think that the bad lots are somehow contaminated, or that's the reason why it's happening. But in fact, the, the quote, bad lots are ones that actually have viable uh, messenger RNA or adenoviral DNA, and, and the patients are getting you know, lethal doses of the spike protein.
0: Okay, David says, what are the stats of vaccinated reactions and where can we find out? What are the numbers of young vaccinated athletes who have had on court severe reaction with the vaccine?
1: Hmm. You know, we don't have um, the athletic data um, organized into, um, you know, organized into some type of website that we can rely on. There's a few out there that you can find, particularly in, uh, particularly in the um, in the EU. But we do have the Open VARES data overlay over the vares system, and and VARES is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. The Open VAERS, dot com slash data. That overlay does give you a weekly update on. Um, on the number of uh, events that are happening, I just tried to go to it now, Malcolm. I'm in uh, DFW Airport on their Wi-Fi. It's interesting; they are blocking me from going to the Vear's website. They mm. say it's unsafe to go there. Isn't that something else? Oh, yeah. um, but fortunately, I have um, I have the um, uh, the most recent sets of information here. Let me uh, let me go ahead and and pull it out because it's. Uh, it's important to, to go over this. Okay. Uh, the most recent numbers as of June 17th, so they're actually more than a month old, but just so you can hear them. Uh, this is America. So if you go to data.com, go to the toggle button and then toggle from all VARES reports, which includes U.S., Germany, and Japan, other countries, and click the toggle over to U.S. territories slash unknown. Then you'll get the U.S. data. The U.S. data through June 17th, 2022... 835 and 62 reports, safety reports. That's astronomical. The system per year typically gets 16,000. Uh, the number of deaths, 13,388. Again, uh, astronomical system gets 150 deaths a year. So 13,388 people, our CDC is assuring us have died after taking the vaccine. 64,298 hospitalizations, 100,654 urgent care visits, 164 1,182 doctor office visits, uh, what the, what the uh, listeners is asking for is the acute reactions, 2,291 anaphylactic reactions, that's where patients pass out, right in the vaccine center and need CPR, and then severe allergic reactions, 30,717, permanently disabled, uh, 14,250. Never seen numbers like this, typically a handful of anything, a product is off the market.
0: Wow, all right. Let me uh, move on to um, Rebecca. I am unvaccinated, but I had the original COVID in 2020 and recovered with no problems that I know of. Is there any chance that I might have COVID again in the future and possibly spread it without symptoms? I've been afraid to give my elderly parents a hug for a long time because I am afraid of unknowingly giving them COVID. And I've been spraying my groceries with alcohol since 2020. Do I still need to keep doing this? I haven't bought fresh fruits and vegetables from the store since 2020 because I'm afraid of getting COVID. Could I possibly bring COVID into the house on fruits and vegetables from the grocery store by having them on my counter without washing them? Wow, what an email this is from Rebecca. What do you say to that?
1: Well, Rebecca, uh, fortunately, we've learned a lot since the onset of the pandemic. We know it's not transmitted by food or grocery bags, so you can stop uh, the alcohol and the spraying. It's always a good idea to wash your fruit for just general health reasons, but you don't have to do it specifically for COVID. So we can take that out of consideration. You've already had COVID. In a recent paper by Kimatelli and colleagues shows that you yourself have a 97% protection against being hospitalized or dying with a future case of COVID. Can you get COVID a second time? Yes. The Omicron variant, you can get it a second time, but you can only transmit it when you start to get sick. So I can tell you, if you feel perfectly healthy and you're fine, uh, you can go visit your relatives, hug them. And you're perfectly good, but at the minute you start to feel a little bit viral, a little bit of malaise, nasal stuffiness, sneezing, sore throat—the recent variant, by the way, Malcolm—it leads with a sore throat. BA four and BA five sore BA5, throat. BA five, yeah. Uh, then then you're, you're 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 out of you're out of the um, uh, out of the house. Uh, don't get around your loved ones. And you know, if you if it's developing, you feel like it's COVID, go ahead and get a test. Nowadays, most people are doing the home testing. The home antigen testing is simple. It's, it's affordable. Only do it in the setting of acute illness as a diagnostic aid to make a diagnosis of COVID-19.
0: All right. Dawson says, I am an unvaccinated federal employee. Well, that's, a, that's a, a, a rare event in itself. In my mid-30s, athletic and no risk factors for COVID-19. I'm wanted to ask uh, a, about the BBV152 Covaxin vaccine. Uh, from what I understand, it is an inactivated whole virus vaccine that made no use of aborted fetal cells in all phases of development, which is very important to me. Uh, while I'm closely following the current legal battles, in my if my career and the ability to provide for my family was at imminent risk, this is the option I am looking at. Do you have any familiarity with it and its safety?
1: Uh, this vaccine is a vaccine where it's given the smallest amount of the spike protein, the receptor binding domain. And it's probably obsolete. It probably doesn't provide any coverage against the current variants, but uh, you know, it could be the safest. And so I do have to put that out there. Uh, you know, we have uh, Novavax, which I think is probably safer than Pfizer Moderna, but Novavax had myocarditis in its briefing booklet, as well as mm. blood clots. There's been over a thousand Novavax deaths in Europe. Uh, the the uh, corbivax vaccine potentially is the safest. Probably doesn't work, but it's potentially the safest.
0: Interesting, interesting. False choices. Uh, but again, if that's the game plan. Uh, Dawson, And that's an interesting answer Dr. McCullough gives. Uh, probably won't do a darn thing for you, but if that's what you need, people might want to know what we just shared. That's very interesting information. I'll uh, get right down to the end here, but let's sneak these in here. Denise says, I am unvaccinated and I had COVID. I presumed the Delta variant in March of 21. In December of 21, I got COVID again, the Omicron variant. I barely noticed the second bout, right? And had a moderate case the first time. My questions are, can I catch it again? If I can catch it again, can I trend? transmit it to others?
1: Very unlikely. The Omicron umbrella appears to give relatively broad immunity. So I would say very unlikely you're going to get it again. I had n- nearly the same scenario. And you know what, Malcolm, I didn't do any testing after this. I just assumed it was a cold. It acted like a cold and that was it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't either. So I I hear you. All right. This one, probably a final wrap up here is from Jennifer. Hi, Malcolm and Dr. McCullough. The show is wonderful, powerful. Thank you for all that you do. I have a couple of questions. One concerns the IDD community and Special Olympics. I'm a coach for Special Olympics. Oh, very cool. I'll have to temporarily step down because I am not vaccinated. Wow. There you go. The messaging on the, uh, the Special Olympics website is abhorrent uh, regarding the vaccines and COVID. Is there any medical research supporting the claim that a Down syndrome or individual with special needs will have a worse outcome with COVID if they are not vaccinated? Uh, what do you think?
1: I'm not aware of um, any specific data in Down syndrome. I can tell you there is one Down syndrome scenario that I would be worried about, and that's if there's congenital heart disease particularly what's called an AV canal defect. And if there's a syndrome called Eisenminger's syndrome, where uh, the blood starts to shunt from the left side of the heart to the right side of the heart, those children can really have low oxygen saturation. I would be particularly worried about <coughs> a Down syndrome patient who has congenital heart disease. So that's the main uh, caveat. If, if the heart's perfectly fine and the Special Olympic kids almost all get echocardiograms, I wouldn't have any special concerns.
0: All right. Well, my fellow Americans and to our dear friends around the globe, that's all the time we have here for, but what a what a terrific conversation. I uh, wasn't sure we'd pull it off this week, but we did. Uh, Dr. McCullough, you promise all listeners you'll take care of yourself good, right? I will. All right, there you go. You heard it from him directly here. Uh, thank you for being on the program here and being on the mission always. Stay happy, stay healthy with a bounce in your step here. And thank you for joining us here on America Out Loud Pulse. Always a beat ahead.